Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's Throwing Shade. Chicago, 1935. In a city rife with crime and corruption, a hero emerges. The Shade, who rushes in where fools fear to tread, with predictable results. Luckily for Chicago, there's the vamp. Female crime fighter replete with all the skill and talent the shade lacks. Theodore Rockwell, go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, is the shade. Ably assisted by his partner, Wednesday morning, AKA the vamp. Can the shade save Chicago from crime? Can the vamp save the shade from himself? Can one man's uncanny ability to wear dark clothing protect an entire city from the darkness that lurks in the hearts, minds, and unlit rooms of men? Anyone else having trouble getting used to the new intro? Just me? At least they haven't changed the theme song. Find out on this week's thrilling conclusion of Throwing Shade, Pulling the Apron Strings. And in an almost impossible not to have seen coming turn of events, we have a new sponsor this week. It turns out that while revolving doors are a wonderful time-saving invention, it has come to the attention of several groups that the inventor of the revolving door is rumored to have done so in order to keep from having to hold doors open for the fairer sex. That rumor has been neither confirmed or denied, since it's way more fun to just get angry without checking. So there's a major boycott on. After all, the group say, what kind of society would we be if we gave up chivalry? Have women open their own doors, and soon they'd be getting the idea that they could do all sorts of things themselves. So while Spinrite Revolving Doors attempts to weather this storm of righteous indignation, we here at Throwing Shade welcome the fine folks of Cosa Nostra Concrete. Cosa Nostra. When you choose our concrete, your family. Also brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, bringing you high-quality 1930s radio-style satire since, well, we've made it almost four months and they haven't caught on to us yet, so I'd say we're doing pretty good. Last week on Throwing Shade... Go to any breadline. I bet you can't swing a cat without hitting a banker. Why would you be swinging a cat? Ever own a cat? Touché. And now, the thrilling conclusion to throwing shade, pulling the apron strings. Act 3, Scene 1. Domestic bliss? Couplehood is a strain for our bandits. 
While Theo, Wednesday, and Golda were enjoying some exquisite pot pies at the Walnut Room, the squeeze box bandits were divvying up their ill-gotten gains in Larry's apartment. Yes, my tail dove. Well, you know I love listening to you play. I'd much prefer it if you came over here and showed me your real talent. Again? Esther, I'm not a machine. I need to recuperate. Please, I can't do it by myself. Oh, all right. Now. Where were we? Well, we took our 20% off the top, and then we figured out the 16% of what was left over that was going to the police widow's fund, but this is where I get all muddled. What do you mean? Well, I know we were going to send 17% to the Edward Joseph Kelly home for future politicians, but I can't remember if that's 17% of what we have left or 17% of what we had left after we took our 20% off the top. It's from the amount we had after we took our 20% cut. The same amount we took it a 16% from. See? It's simple. For you, maybe, but I get all kerfuffled when it comes to arithmetic. Ah, uh, that's what I'm here for. But I couldn't do it without you, darling. I don't know that much about firearms, and I certainly don't have your gift for the gap. That's why we work together so well, my little chickadee. Well then, why don't you come up and see me sometime? I thought you'd never ask. Let me get the accordion. Oh, yes, please do. I do love it when you play Lady of Spain. That wasn't Lady of Spain. That was the Continental. Oh, right, of course. That's what I meant. Silly me. You don't enjoy my playing at all, do you? What? Of course I do, sweetums. It's just that... Uh, after a few hours of it, I'd like it if you just, you know, knock it off. I can't believe what I'm hearing. You've just been placating me. Well, just a little bit, but only because I love you. Love me? Love my accordion? And I do. On jobs, but there's a place and a time. I don't even know who you are anymore. But schnookums. Don't schnookums me. I can't even look at you right now. But... Please, I need to be alone right now. Just me and... Old Bessie. I can't believe you're throwing me out for a... a an inanimate object? She has a name! A beautiful name! Too bad she doesn't have a beautiful voice. There's no need to be cruel, Esther. I'm sorry, Larry, but you know how jealous I get. I'll be at the library. But don't make me wait too long. We have a good thing. 
but I won't be strung along. Esther? Yes? I'll be by tomorrow with the money divvied up. You know you mean the world to me. I just... Oh, Larry. Please go. I don't want you to see me cry. Oh, Bessie, you're a harsh mistress. Act 3, Scene 2. Dishpan Hands. Theo is faced with domestic problems. Esther made her way through the lonely streets of Chicago to her hideaway in the staff room of the public library. She regretted the argument and reminded herself to be more circumspect in the future. He has that artistic temperament, but it does mean he's hot-blooded and passionate. <laughs> While Esther settled in for a night among the stacks, back at Chateau Rockwell, Theo and Wednesday were just finishing a hearty home-cooked meal. Compliments of Theo's mother. Now, wasn't that better than anything you could get in this cultureless city? I can honestly say I've never tasted anything like that ever before. Of course not. What would this town know from tongue trifle? It's my own recipe. It was Theo's father's favorite dish. I made it for him every Thursday, Saturday. As good as ever, Ma. It's a shame your father isn't alive to share this with us. I think I know what killed him. Now, Theo, let me get you some coffee while Arbaday and I do the dishes. Come on, I wash you dry and no spots. Theo, this was not part of the plan. I know, I know, but you have to understand, she's set in her ways. Step lively. These plates aren't going to scrape themselves. Her ways are positively archaic. She's from another generation. This is a woman who, without any sense of irony, voted against women's suffrage. In fairness, she did think it had something to do with making things unpleasant. Hurry up! The remnants are already starting to clot! Theo, I don't care what you have to do, but I am not doing your dishes. Do I look like a housewife? Not in those shoes. Theo! I'll take care of it. <laughs> Ma, can you come out here for a minute, please? What's the matter, Boobie? Ma, it isn't right that you do the dishes. You're a guest here. You had a long flight and a hard day. Why don't I do the dishes and you and Wednesday take in that new Clark Gable picture? You shouldn't be doing dishes. What's wrong with Groundhog Day? Are her arms broken? She can't pick up a sponge? All right, there's absolutely no way you think that's my name. What, like the name Wednesday is such a blessing? At least people pay attention to Groundhog Day. Wednesday just sits there in the middle of the week and nobody cares. It's like a speed bump. Did your mother just call me a speed bump? Listen here. Ladies, ladies, please. I abhor violence, especially when I end up in the middle of it. What did I say that was so wrong? It's not my fault you ended up with a silly name. It's a family name. Sounds to me like insanity runs in your family. Again with the typewriter, always with the typewriter. I take it back. Insanity doesn't run in your family, it gallops. Apparently rudeness gallops through yours. Rude? 
How am I rude? I'm just blunt. Like a blackjack upside the head. Far be it from me to say a negative thing about anyone, but you wouldn't be this overly sensitive if you just found yourself a man instead of trying to be one. How dare you! All right, enough. Now listen. Now see what you've done. You've upset Theo. Theo, sweetheart, I don't understand how you put up with this kind of attitude from your secretary. I am not his secretary. I'll talk to your boss tomorrow and get you someone who knows their place. Just try it and you'll be flying back to New Jersey without a plane. Stop! <laughs> Both of you need to learn how to get along and be courteous with each other. And the best way for that to happen is to go see Clark Gable. I understand he has a tendency to produce positive emotions in females. Mm, I can't deny that. I agree with that. But the dishes... Ma, I do dishes every day. Go see the film. It'll give you and Wednesday a chance to get to know each other better without me around. And in a public place where there are harsh punishments for open hostilities. Wednesday, you'll love all the stories Ma has from when I was a kid. It's true. So many stories. He was such a cute little boy. Clumsy and absolutely hopeless at everything, but cute as a button. <laughs> Come on, New Year's Eve. I want to make sure we get there early enough to get a good seat. For Mr. Clark Gable, I need to be front row center. You owe me, Rockwell. You've got the easy part. How do I have the easy part? You get to go see a movie. I have to learn how to do dishes. Act 3, Scene 3. Police Farce. Mayor Crane gets an update from Chief Cannoli. Meanwhile, across town at City Hall... Miss Honeysuckle! <clears throat> you bellowed, Mr. Mayor? Miss Honeysuckle, where did you put those bills I had to sign regarding corporate subsidies, deregulation, and the campaign finance reform bill I'm vetoing? I filed them. Yes, I assume that. However, I've looked through the files and I can't seem to find any of them. In fact, I can't find any of the bills I've been poised to sign or veto this week. Now that's weird. I know I put them in the filing cabinet and it's not like I don't know the alphabet because I do. Mostly. Mostly? I get a little confused around the lemon pea part. But then it's a smooth sailing after that. I see. Uh, could you show me your filing system then? It's not anything unusual. I filed them in the folders that correspond to the subject matter of the bill in question. What? For example... The campaign finance bills I file under F for finance. The regulation is under D and corporate subsidies is under B. B? C for bribes. So you separated all these bills into several different folders based on the, what the bills related to. Of course. How else would you do it? Misty just had two folders. S for sign and V for veto. Why would she do that? Seems to me she muy loco in the cabeza. 
I asked her to. As I said, un cookie inteligente. But why do you ask her to do that? It seemed to me the easiest and most efficient system. All these extra folders could be extremely confusing. I didn't even realize we had other folders. Why do you think all the other drawers in the filing cabinet were for? I kept my lunch in there. And a change of clothes. A change of clothes? As mayor, you have to be ready to attend a fundraising event at a moment's notice. It's a hard knock life for Jew. You have no idea. I have to admit, Rosa, while your system is significantly more spread out than my previous filing system, I do see how this would make finding a specific bill easier. Congratulations. I had no idea your people were so clever, linguistically speaking. Why are you talking about Italian pasta? Uh, um, no, I meant... Don't worry, Mr. Mayor. I know what you are talking about. It was just a little joke. Uno pequeño broma. Broma? Oh, like the seltzer. Are you feeling sick to your stomach, Miss Honeysuckle? I am starting to. Did your last secretary not have any sense of humor, Mayor Crane? Uh, Miss LeBlanc was more interested in attempting to take over than in making jokes. Well, you don't gotta worry about that with me, Mr. Mayor. I only been here a short time and I already know politics is not for me. Really? I must say, it's refreshing to see someone who isn't obsessed with rising above their station these days. Politics takes good sense, wisdom, tenacity, and vision, not to mention a keen intellect. See, I know. And as far as I can tell, I am overqualified. What? Oh, I almost forgot. Police Chief Cannoli is waiting to see you. Do you want I should show him in? Please, do. I find I'm actually looking forward to talking to him. Okie dokie. You can come in now. Mayor Crane, I have a good news about that squeeze a box of bandits. You caught them. I know. But I've been analyzing the situation all day, and I think I know where they're going to strike next. That's incredible. Where? Well, and this is only an educated guess, mind you. I am reasonably sure that their next target will be a bank. Gee, I never would have thought of that. Overqualified, she says. Maybe the sarcasm got lost in translation. My cousin had that happen once. What? He got lost in a translation. How? Well, he really loved that book, Dracula. Oh, no. So he went to translation to see at the castle, but he no understand the language, so he got lost. I told him, you gotta know what you're saying. If you don't have a good grasp about the language, you're gonna be in trouble. So a bank, you say? 90% sure. That is an amazing deduction, considering the bank robbers... See, Miss Honeysuckle, that's how you do sarcasm. Do you have any idea which bank? I'm still working on that part, but I got it narrowed down to one of a three. 
is going to be either the first national, second national, or third national bank. What makes you so sure? Those are the only banks they ain't a hit yet. It's like I'm surrounded by Einsteins. Thank you, Chief Cannoli, for that update. I assume you're going to have your men stake out the banks? That's all right. I have my best officers watching the banks. And if they try anything, then a boom. We'll be on them like flies on a rice. White? Yes, it is. What? What I say is a white. Correct. Uh, no, that's wrong. Don't tell me it's a wrong. I know the difference between a white and a wrong. It's a sort of his job. Uh, not right. White. Like the color. What's a wrong with white? Wait, I got a list. Uh, nothing. But you said it like flies on rice. You should have said white. That's ridiculous. Why would I say like a flies on white? It'll make no sense. Mr. Honeysucker, I think the mayor's been working too hard. Maybe he needs some coffee or something? I'll go get some. Don't you worry your overworked little head about it. I don't need... You know what? Never mind. Carry on, Kanoi. Yes, sir. I'll bet LaGuardia doesn't have to put up with stuff like this. Act 3, Scene 4, Library Fine. The Shade gets more than he bargained for in the stacks. As the mayor bemoaned his lot, over at the public library, the Shade was moving silently through the stacks. <sighs> Mostly. I must be very careful. I'm alone in hostile territory, which has forced me to do my own exposition. I can't let my guard down for a moment. He doesn't have to do his own exposition, but every so often, I like to take a break. The Shade made his way to the staff room and found it securely locked. Unfazed, he attempted to pick the lock. Unfazed by the failure of his first attempt, he tried again. Slightly more phased by his second failure, he resorted to alternative methods. Good thing fire extinguishers are so sturdy. Just hope nobody heard that. The shade entered the darkened staff room, and before he could turn on a light... <laughs> I knew you'd come. I've been waiting so long. We'll return to throwing shade, pulling the apron strings in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you in the market for an upgrade to your landscaping? Are your foundations sinking? Are cracks forming in your life's facade? Then look no further than the good people at Cosa Nostra Concrete. They'll take on any renovation project you bring to them. No job is too great or too small. Cosa Nostra is a family business, handed down from generation to generation, so you can trust that they know their concrete. From paving to tuck pointing, 
from cosmetic repair to your building's exterior to their specialty, foundation pouring, Cosa Nostra Concrete has the skill, ingenuity, and experience to solve any problem. And Cosa Nostra guarantees their craftsmanship. Their specialty formulated concrete not only dries in half the time of other concretes, but they guarantee it'll stand up to the most aggressive attempts to break it apart. Nobody's getting through Cosa Nostra concrete, no matter how many warrants they may have. If you've got a problem you want taken care of, call Cosa Nostra concrete and they'll make it disappear. And now, a few words from other important personages. Vamp, come quick. What is it, Shane? Is someone in danger? There sure is, Vamp. Businesses and theater companies across the country are falling victim to sagging sales and empty seats. We're facing an economic catastrophe worse than the last economic catastrophe. Oh no! We have to do something! We should take to the streets, find clues, interrogate suspects. Sell advertising. Right, sell. Businesses and theater companies can buy ad space with us, Vamp, on Throwing Shade. They'll reach thousands of discerning, law and order loving... Comedy starved. Comedy starved listeners from coast to coast. I understand they can listen to us on something called a podcast. Yes, that's true. You can hear us wherever these podcasts are broadcast. What does podcast mean, Shane? I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe throwing peas? Ooh. Maybe that's the world peas I keep hearing everyone striving for. I'm ignoring that. Mm -hmm. It sounds like advertising with us could rescue these businesses and theater companies. And save their bottom line. The rates are incredibly affordable. Well, there is a depression. Really? I'm quite happy. Get in touch with Eclectic Full Contact Theater at info at eclectic-theater.com. Say goodnight, Shade. Goodnight, Shade. And now. Back to the thrilling conclusion of throwing shade, pulling the apron strings. Act 4, Scene 1. It happened one night. Wednesday gets relationship advice from Golda. As the shade was being... assaulted, Wednesday found herself attempting to mount a defense as well. You want some fried liver balls? They're homemade. Why do you have those in your purse? You think I'm paying these outrageous concession prices? A nickel for popcorn? It's criminal. I can't believe you'd throw your money around like that. You listen to me, young lady. Please, I just want to... I'm just saying, my dear, you'll never get a man if you keep throwing your money away and schlepping around a typewriter everywhere you go. Popcorn may be pleasant and candy may be dandy, but believe me, when a man takes you into his arms, he wants to be able to meet behind you. Mrs. Rockwell. Golda. Golda, I am surrounded by men every day. There are more men around than you can shake a stick at. That might be why you're single. Of all the things you should do with a man, shaking sticks at them is not on the list. I can assure you, Golda, should I ever decide I want a man, I'm sure I could find one. So what about you and my son? <coughs> what? I am not. He is a very successful young man. He knows the mayor and the chief of police. So do I. 
I see the way you are with him, practically throwing yourself at him. I have never thrown myself at Theo. Only because you couldn't get over the typewriter. He's a nice boy with a kind heart, and I don't want his head turned by some girl who's used to throwing money around. Especially one who can't even take care of him. I'll have you know that if it wasn't for me... I will not be... Oh, he's so dashing. He is that. <sighs> Excuse me, are you Wednesday morning? Yes. Shh. There's an important message for you. Whatever it is, it can't be more important than Clark Gable's face. Mr. Rockwell needs your assistant urgently. Of course, I'm so sorry, Golda. Theo needs me. What? We just sat down. I'm not missing screwball hijinks with Claudette Colbert and Claude Gable because of you. You go, I'll be fine. Are you sure? Go, go. Shh. Don't shush me, I'm talking. Now get going before I miss any more of the incredibly important plot setup. I'll be back soon. Thanks. Here's the five bucks I promised you. Gee, thanks. Hang in there, Theo. The vamp's on her way. I just hope he hasn't gotten himself in any trouble. Act 4, Scene 2. The world accordion to whelp. The bandits' plans become clear. Meanwhile, in a darkened library staff room, the shade was struggling against an opponent with an iron grip and even firmer lips. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, those aren't Larry's lips. It's that young Shade fella. What are you doing here? And why were you kissing me? Hold on. have to catch my breath. Start talking or breathing is one thing you won't have to worry about. I came looking for you. Really? I wasn't expecting. I mean, I felt a spark the last time we met, and I do like him tall, dark, and handsome, but... No! I mean, <clears throat> no. I came looking for you because of your bank-robbing spree with Lawrence Whelp. How did you know it was us? You don't disguise yourselves, call each other by your names, and then there's the accordion. The accordion. I knew that would give us away. It was mostly the other things, but... I can't let you take me in. Larry and I still have so much to do. What do you mean? And where is Larry? <laughs> Ask a silly question. What is he doing here? Esther, are you seeing a vigilante behind my back? Never, my little sweet cake. She is pointing a gun at me. With Esther, that could go either way. Fair point. He tracked us down, Larry, because of the accordion. I'm not leaving Bessie. Uh, seriously, it had way more to do with you two using each other's names. I've tried over and over to talk to you about getting ourselves a little place of our own with a white picket fence and a lovely little yard, but you never listen because you're always playing that, that accordion. I listen, but I told you that places like that are expensive. 
and who's going to do the landscaping? Neither one of us has green thumbs. We don't have to. We can have Cosa Nostra Concrete come out and do the landscaping. They could give us a great little outdoor area so we wouldn't have to worry about plants. Maybe even a swimming pool like they have in Hollywood. Really? It's true. Pouring foundations is a specialty of Cosa Nostra Concrete. They're very close to artists. If you need anything filled in or bricked up, Cosa Nostra is the place to call. You know, aren't they expensive? Not at all. Why, when you call Cosa Nostra to take care of something, they treat you just like family. My cousin called them for an estimate last year, and they made her an offer she just couldn't refuse. Plus, I hear they have a Valentine's Day special. And their workmanship is top-notch. I bet they could even fashion a pedestal for your accordion. So I don't have to give up Bessie? Thanks a lot, Shade. Sorry. But think about it, Schnookums. It sounds like Costa Nostra Concrete might be able to take care of all my problems. That's what they do. Just call their experienced sales team. Vito, Jimmy the Ice Pick, and Vinnie Goombats. They make worries disappear. I'll do it. I'll go anywhere that accepts my Bessie. Sometimes I think you love that accordion more than me. At least Bessie is true to me. Could we not anger the woman with the shotgun? I did all the calculations for you and came here with all the money for donations, hoping to make up with my best girl. Instead, I find you here with this... this... Mask Casanova. He means nothing to me. Believe me, the feeling's mutual. Wait, did you say donations? Esther and I only keep enough to live on. The rest we donate to various charities. The banks aren't helping people, so we have to. It's a victimless crime. Well, except for all the people whose life savings you steal. They're all insured by that newfangled FDIC. Right, the FDIC. The, um, Franklin Delano Insulation Company. No, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Oh, that FDIC. I wasn't sure which one you meant. I can't believe he managed to find us. Come on, baby, we gotta hit the road. Not so fast. <laughs> the vamp. The vamp. The vamp? What are you doing here? Helping save the day. Why? Aren't you supposed to be somewhere else? Watching over a certain someone? That certain someone is fine. And me being here guarantees she stays that way. I can't believe this. I ask you to do one simple thing, and you can't be bothered. Be nice to a little old lady. Is that so hard? You've met her, right? Wait, was that? The squeeze box bandits getting away? Yep. But at least they left the money. They were going to donate it to charity. But they got away and will more than likely rob again. And it's all my fault. Oh, Vamp, I'm so sorry. I get it. Your mother makes you crazy. And I completely understand. You should meet my father. 
Are you asking me to meet your family? What? No, I... Sounds serious. My mother will be thrilled. Finally, I'm settling down. Don't make me hurt you. Well, at least we can return the money. Wait, is that the time? <gasps> the movie must be over by now. Oh no, I've got to get back. Vamp, you return the money. Why? If my mother gets back to my apartment before I do, oh, I don't even want to think about it. No, don't worry. I'll just carry all this money myself. Okay, Pockets, time to earn your keep. Act 4, Scene 3. When life gives you clemens, is there love in the air? The next morning, at the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times Herald, Theo and Wednesday notice something unusual. It's just so crazy in here. There's always something going on in this office. Wednesday, do you notice something unusual? I do. Something about this morning seems off, though I can't quite put my finger on it. Me either. It's a perfectly average, quiet, peaceful morning. Theo, that's it. It's quiet. We've been here a full five minutes, and Mr. Clemens hasn't yelled at us to get into his office. Wow, you're right, Wednesday. I hope he's all right. Speaking of which, did you make it home last night before your mother? I did, but unfortunately, Ma got back before Fifi left. Fifi? Fifi LaRue? The... the madam? What was she? I needed her services. Theo, I had no idea. She was just finishing up when Ma walked in. It was humiliating. Theo, I really don't think I should be hearing this. I mean, there I was, totally exposed, Theo. having to admit to my mother that I had to pay a woman Theo. to do my dishes. I can't listen to... Wait, what? Before I went to the library, I stopped by Fifi's retreat as the shade and explained my, well, Theo's predicament and asked Fifi to do my, well, Theo's dishes. She was very understanding. I see... What happened? It was very tense, until Fifi explained that she was my French maid that came in three times a week. My mother was all smiles after that. Her greatest dream is for me to be able to afford servants. Where is your mother? I put her in a taxi for Chicago Municipal Airport this morning. She promised to be less overreactive in the future. So hopefully it'll be a while before I see her again. Theo! <laughs> Ma! I thought you were headed back to New Jersey. I am, I am, but how could I not stop by and see where my incredibly successful son is working? And I'm so glad I did because I got to meet that lovely Mr. Clemens. Oh no. Lovely? Rockwell! There you are. Oh, morning, morning. Mr. Clemens? Hi, Chief. Why didn't you tell me you had such a charming mother? Well, I... What? She's absolutely delightful. And such a sparkling conversationalist. Oh, now, Clarence. I... Clarence? I won't keep you. It was lovely to meet all of you. Well, most of you. Lovely to meet you as well. I must run. But Theo, call once in a while. I worry. And Clarence, that goes for you as well. It would be my pleasure. Oh, no. And Theo, don't worry. I talked to Clarence about getting you a better secretary. Mom! I am not his... Toodles! Chief, I am so sorry. Rockwell, morning. Get in my office. 
I want to talk about this story you turned in about the shade and the vamp letting the squeeze box bandits get away. Who knows how many more banks they'll rob now? I have a feeling they're going underground for a while. Then I want you out there checking the sewers. That's not... My office, now. Oh, and Rockwell, we're going to have a long talk about your salary. My salary? Why? A French maid three times a week? I'm obviously paying you too much. I hate daylight saving time. Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Here's a sneak listen to next week's thrilling episode. I hope we find them. This has been Throwing Shade, brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater. Sponsored by Cosa Nostra Concrete. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond. Directed by Katie Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Daniel Houle, Noelle Kleiss, Stephen McClure, Kaylee Osterman, Andrew Pond, Rochelle Prue, and Monica Safflick. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina, Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Mike Drugan. Luminarius? What? It's a word. Anyway, becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So, head over to patreon.com EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Aye.